kind of stuff. Um, we're gonna turn this back into a wrestling uh thing. It's not gonna be a it's not gonna be like a podcast episode. I'm just gonna like answer questions from Greg and just talk about wrestling and we're gonna watch some wrestling. That was the original plan. Uh tomorrow I feel like I have more time to really like flush out um, you know, uh Ray Shadow Legends. Uh yeah, I I kicked the boss's butt. I didn't know I, I was had like three people. I was supposed to have a party of four. Um, and it's just like, oh shit, what happened to the other one? I didn't even see the other one die. Um, so first of all, so that way people can come to the stream and you know. Uh let's let's throw this up on the screen. I'm gonna keep the Ray Shadow Legends theme here. My wrestling fun is there, uh, but this is not an official uh, podcast uh, about AEW, even though maybe I should talk about some stuff um, and definitely talk about the um, all the headlines that are going around about, you know, CM Punk and going off script for, um, you know, a TV show that apparently is not scripted, you know. Um, so first of all, Tony Khan decides to say that for next Wednesday, it is going to be John Moxley versus CM Punk for the unification of the AEW World Heavyweight Championship title. Why? Why do we need to have that match on free television? I think uh, next week it's going to be... Um, it's going to be in John Moxley's hometown, at least, at least in like Ohio, you know, uh, cause he's from Cleveland, Ohio. It's going to be in Ohio. So, you know, it's in, it's in Ohio. Um, I feel like Tony Khan is one of those parents, even though he's not a parent to our knowledge, but one of those parents that give the spoiled children the fans what they want and what they want early rather than slowing down pulling back and being like hey we gotta do this for pay-per-view because if you decide to have um this match yeah i i know like greg i really do think that um it's gonna end that way i think that you know They'll have a match, a supposed match, um, but it won't like, you know, end with any type of winner. We might end up getting a DQ. We might end up having someone come in, you know, uh, maybe Hangman will like come in and mess everything up because Punk decided to call out Hangman. Um, and you could just see how much of a spiteful bitch uh, CM Punk is. Um, so, you know, we might end up having CM Punk come out. Um, or I'm not sorry, not CM Punk come out. Of course, he's going to come out to fight Moxley. But I mean, we might have Hangman. We might have like MJF. MJF might show up. Um, you know, uh, Tanahashi is not going to show up. I don't think so. I mean, if we want to set this up to where Tanahashi is like, oh, Punk, you say you're the best in the world. Why don't you come over to New Japan and like Wrestle Kingdom to do it? I'm going to tell you this right now. Punk is not going to do it. Punk has been dodgy Kenta. You know the moment that he lands down in Japan, Kenta is probably going to beat the shit out of him. 
because you know CM Punk owes him royalties. So you know CM Punk is not gonna step in on Japan soil, and if he does, he's gonna run away from Kenta. He's probably going to try his best to please uh, Tanahashi. Maybe go into business for himself by saying that he wants to beat Tanahashi. Um, you know, I just don't, I just don't trust Punk. Guys, don't don't trust Punk, man. Don't do it. Um, it might be it, it's never too late. Never it's never too late to not trust them. Um, but you know, I see like something's gonna happen with this match between Punk versus Moxley because if you're gonna give it away on on free TV, like what is wrong with you? I understand that it might be like a little bait, and people are gonna take the bait and they're gonna take the the hook of it and. They're going to want it and they're going to salivate over it when the pay-per-view comes. But imagine if the referee messes up, counts to one, two, three, and now we have one champion. What do you do then? Do you go back to the, um, uh, what do you call it? The rankings? Because they haven't been using the rankings at all. They've been throwing together random things. They've been calling up New Japan Pro Wrestling and they're like, hey, we need some wrestlers. Because we don't want to pay attention to our uh, ranking system. Like, what is it? I don't. I don't even know anymore about AEW. And it's like we still have this blind following of like AEW does good no matter what. Yeah, there are some pretty good things, but like, why should I be able to uh, name a handful of those good things when I should be naming like a hundred damn good things about AEW? I should be having more positives than negatives, but then again, not everyone in, you know, the world of talking about wrestling, maybe analyzing about wrestling, uh, doing journalism and wrestling. Um, maybe, you know, not everyone, not everyone's going to see my point of view, which is fine. Not everyone is going to see my perspective, which is fine. But you also have to remember that I don't look at things as a fan anymore. I try to look at things as a business point of view so that way they can improve and get the eyes that they need get the viewership that they need and stay on course with the viewership. That's that's the unique difference between AEW and WWE is that WWE manages to hold a million viewers. It never goes down below a million. It's always either a million, two million, 1 million, like it says in that million range, AEW always travels between the low, like the 700,000 to like the 900,000 in viewers. And that's where they kind of stay. And that's like, you know, you need a little bit more to get more eyes on your product, to get more money in, to do more stuff. You can't just always cater to the same ones that always tune in. And then the other ones that like, try to have it on every single type of device to make sure that it counts, you know? Um, but going back to this match, I really do think that we're going to have CM Punk versus Moxley. Somebody's going to mess it up. And then we may have a three-way, a triple threat um, over at, um, you know, all out. It might be Punk versus Moxley versus Hangman because Hangman ain't doing shit right now. Hangman wasn't the third member to the Young Bucks, so if Hangman is not doing shit, let him go after CM Punk. Let him actually, like, beat the shit out of him for disrespecting him and saying, you know, that's coward shit. First of all, you called him out over nothing. Really nothing. Because um, if you don't really take 
promos like seriously against each other and you're just using the mechanics of a promo to push a story um there's no reason for you to get like personal and sort of like attack them in a way and be like you know um and be like oh that's coward shit because you didn't come out and answer my challenge first of all punk who the fuck are you like like, you shouldn't even be demanding anyone to come out to try to take the belt from you or challenge the belt for you or, or give them a championship rematch out of sympathy or something like that to try to prove you all big and bad. Like, no. Punk didn't even say... I'm not Punk. Hangman didn't even say, like, I want my rematch. Like, Hangman has been sitting and catering in the corner, being a good boy and minding his business, and then all of a sudden Punk is all like... Hey, come out here. I know you want your rematch. Oh, you're not coming out here? Well, here's a little bit of advice. Blah, 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 blah. Sir, focus on Moxley. Like, your anger should be focused at Moxley, not, not Hangman. If you have a triple threat, it completely waters down the importance of an interim championship. Greg, at this point, we're not even going to have, like, a really good champion. I don't know, dude. Like... I get I get what you mean, but um look if if CM Punk um if CM Punk called me out like that or called out anybody like that, I say we have a triple threat match, man. We have a triple threat match to figure that out. Um because it's sort of like, you know, you don't get to call someone out and not get like confronted about it, you know? Um but you know, I'm just saying that it should be a triple threat match. Um are we oh ads start in two minutes? Um but yeah, I mean at this point, hangman is gonna have to step up and be like, yo, you gotta stop talking shit. Um I am going to snooze my ads. Just know that in seven minutes time, ads are probably going to play. Greg brought up uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Kenny Omega came back yesterday and um, I was super concerned. Um, It wasn't until after the fact that I realized what he's doing. He's doing a story buildup where he's, you know, looking like he's not 100% to be back. And he's not, he, you could see, you you saw in the match that he really wasn't 100%, but he's playing up the story. Every single match is going to be him with the story of, um, I am not 100%, but the next match, I'll be a little bit better. The next match, I'll be a little bit better. And, you know, it's going to be weird and awkward when it's going to be the elite versus Aussie Open and Will Ospreay. You guys know that Death Triangle is not going to advance, right? It's going to be Aussie Open and Will Ospreay. They're going to advance to the next round. They're going to go face the Elite. And this is where we're going to start building up maybe and hopefully a Wrestle Kingdom match. I do not want Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay on an AEW pay-per-view. I want it in a, in a New Japan uh pay-per-view arena wrestle kingdom wrestle kingdom seven is only one day this year give me kenny omega versus will osprey at wrestle kingdom because it could be full circle 
you had one of the greatest wrestlers, the best bout machine to leave New Japan and tell Osprey to, you know, hold it down. Osprey has been staying in New Japan ever since. Osprey does not have an AEW contract, but obviously he could work some AEW shows, but they did not give like Osprey a contract in 2019 to be like, hey, come over. You know, you're a good worker. You know, let's build something together with all of us here. They didn't do that. So it will be a nice full circle if we had Kenny Omega versus Will Osprey in Wrestle Kingdom in New Japan Pro Wrestling because then they could they could do whatever they want. They can wrestle however they want and they could definitely go 60 minutes. Um, I don't want it in an AEW ring. I really don't because then fucking shenanigans are going to happen and it's going to be it's going to feel like it's a watered down version. Um, you know, it's just different. Um, I just want it like traditional. Um, but yeah, we can all agree that um, next week it's going to be Aussie Open, Will Ospreay defeating Dev Triangle to take on um, the Elite. Um, and I really hope they don't do this thing where after uh, Osprey and Aussie Open win that on Friday for Rampage, they're going to fight the Elite. Because they're also using Rampage for this um, tournament also. And I'm like, man, I think you should be okay with doing it every week that we should be able to get to All Out by the time the tournament is done. Or I might be wrong. But yeah, man, like I just don't... I don't like that they're using Rampage for this too. Um, Just because it's like, you know, it's more product to watch. Um... But yes, getting back to um, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is definitely going to be using the storyline of that he's hurt, but with each match, he's going to get better. Um, And then my brain was all like, please do not have any stitches pop. Because I think my my brain was hearing too much on the commentary desk about, you know, is Kenny Omega 100%? Like, you know, um, everything that he got repaired and stuff like that and everything that he's um, doing and stuff like that. Like, everything they were saying on commentary, I was just sort of like, uh, okay. And, you know. So it kind of messed with me where I was like, he was getting ready to do his patented, um, you know, run the ropes fly over and the way that he extends his body i was like um please do not have any stitches pop out i don't want like no blood anywhere you know uh but in my head i'm like what stitches does he still have on his body like if he's still like if he's still recovering like i don't think he'll wrestle with like stitches on you know but you know my my mind is my mind and it it got a little goofy where i was like why why is this, you know, happening and stuff? Um, so, yeah. Um, it was a little cringy because you don't really want a wrestler to be working hurt. Uh, it's the same way of Will Ospreay versus Okada for today's G1 final. I cringed a lot of the time with Osprey because Osprey's working through his neck and, like, shoulder area. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, also I saw people complaining about how 
um you know kenny omega showed up on a regular dynamite while like cody rhodes shows up at like one of the biggest stages in them all wrestlemania and gets like a different treatment and stuff and you know when it comes to debuts they obviously like rushed the trio stage because again aew fans are always tweeting on twitter and tagging this person tagging that person and they're always like hey one of those trios titles coming when is this coming when can we have this when can we do that hey i really want to see this hey this is a dream match of mine can we do this and i think it gets a little overwhelming for tony khan and what he does is that he gives everyone that wants what they want and sometimes you have to make decisions where it's like if we do this now how is this going to affect us in like six months if not six months maybe a year how is this really going to affect us are we do we have enough talent do we have enough story ideas do we have enough um running power do we have enough engine to like make sure that whatever we put on AEW programming and television that it's going to survive it's going to have legs because the last thing you want is to introduce something for it to become watered down and not do anything with it and have the supposed revolving door in AEW and then we forget about certain championships we forget about certain wrestlers we forget about the homegrown wrestlers because we're so focused on the ex-WWE guys that AEW keeps on bringing in and it's like where is the homegrown guys why are they not in the spotlight now aw yesterday had jungle boy jungle boy sucks on the mic sucks on the mic hands down but i wasn't expecting a lot from him i really wasn't um he Someone really needs to help him with character, especially if he's ever going to get away from the Jungle Boy name and become Jack Perry or become something else. Because you can't just have this very sweet, nice looking boy talk without like some type of grittiness. Like, you know, for him, his character should definitely be like the boy next door. The one that's always cut up, the jock, he's, uh, you know, clean shaven, he always has his hair neat, and then go through these trials and tribulations of, like, defeat and loss, some wins, some belts, some highs and lows, and each one of them sort of changes him into, like, being a man, so to speak, and then when he does his promo, he can sound like a man. He can sound intimidating because all the past experiences can be like, these are my medals. These are my badges of honor. And then it's more believable. Like him cutting that promo yesterday was believable to tell the um, to tell the crowd uh, that he wore that shirt that says uh, Christian is a, Christian is a pussy. And he was told that, you know, oh, don't ever wear it or whatever. Like, Sir, you decided to make that shirt. Be proud of that shirt. Like, AEW is a t-shirt company. The Young Bucks are a t-shirt company. You know, whatever got over is on a shirt by the Young Bucks because they were, you know, making money any which way. And it's like, you know, you could have just left it. You didn't have to be a a goody two-shoes to you know not wear it like you have to start getting some like 
manly stuff under you or like some just have some alpha um you know um is my internet okay Okay. If you guys are experiencing uh troubles with uh the the, the stream, just uh refresh. Um but yeah, I need Jungle Boy to get like some some alpha male going stuff, man. Um I love how every time something happens in AEW, there's a new t shirt. Man, I can't stand that shit. I can't stand that there's you know, a new t-shirt for every little thing that happens. And it's like, you're making more t-shirts for more people to, to spend money on when it's like, can you guys slow down? You guys are not a t-shirt company anymore. You don't have to rely on money from t-shirts like that. Like, or that just might be me, but either way, like when AW makes t-shirts out of everything. Um, but yeah, I just need jungle boy to, uh, get a little like manly in a way. I I really thought when Christian came out and Christian was cutting his promo against um, Jungle Boy that at the end he uh, he was gonna say that um, I fucked your mom only because uh, he mentioned how uh, you know he he's his dad now. And and that he always thought of him as a son and that he's going to help him this time. And I'm just like, man, just just, just say that I fucked your mom. Just say that um, to complete everything. And hopefully, like, you know, TBS doesn't get upset at it. But I would have been like, yo, just just say it. Um, it. It felt right for him to do it. But um, I don't remember what happened after that. I don't I think they started brawling. If you remember, Greg, did they uh, start brawling? But either way, like at All Out, it's going to be Christian versus the uh, Jungle Boy. It's going to be a good match, but it's not like... It's nothing special, and it's nothing against uh, Christian. Um, Jungle Boy still wants to be that laid-back boy... Uh, rather than trying to grow and, uh, you know, trying to learn and probably outsmart Christian, even though Christian is the veteran. But I see um, Christian taking taking this away. Um, I see him uh, getting the win. Uh, if Jungle Boy gets the win, you know that um, Christian is putting him over and there's nothing else for Christian to do in AEW. So he might end up going back to WWE. And siding with and siding, I was gonna say I was gonna say evil rather than edge, uh, just because of Judgment Day and like all that aesthetic. But um, I really do think that if uh, Christian loses to Jungle Boy, puts him over, that um, we're gonna see Christian back in WWE with Edge to take on Judgment Day. That's gonna be fun uh, to do, but. Um, I didn't really watch, um, anything of, well, I mean, I, I peeked in here and there with, uh, Daniel, uh, Brian versus, uh, Daniel Garcia. 
who cares about Christians? I care about Christian. What are you talking about? Who cares about Christian? Man, I care. Do they want to hear my mouth? It's Greg. You talk about Christian like that. <laughs> yes, the Jungle Boy promos, they, yeah, they suck, man. I'm just like, what is this? It's a boy talking to me. I need, I need him to be, I need him to be like a little bit more of a man. Like I can't take him seriously if he's talking like a boy. I'm sorry. I like, I like guys who are confident, who are uh, sexy, and they know what they want. If you don't know what you want, then you know we could still be friends. But like, I just need um, that type of like roughness uh that grittiness uh something that i can like really believe that like i could believe you uh i don't believe jungle boy but yeah getting to that two out of three falls i peeked in here and there because i don't i don't really care for uh brian danielson matches like that anymore um i am very neutral when it comes to Danielson, Danielson is Danielson like was one of my favorites and I will tell everybody and anybody to like watch his matches. He's a very good technical wrestler. You guys know that I love technical wrestling, but I'm just so over Daniel Bryan and I don't like Daniel Garcia at all. Um, I think that he tries way too hard to try to, you know, get gotcha moments on, on Twitter. Uh, he tries way too hard. And I just don't feel like he's very genuine. So um, that's a no for me. There's more to it, but that's a no for me. Um, I like Christian when he's the real Christian Cage. This version of him is horrible. His rationale for the heel turn makes no sense. And he doesn't seem like he really wants to be doing this angle. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, it, you know, yeah. Um I, I still wish he would deliver that line, though. Uh, every Danielson match lately is the same. It's good stuff. But if you're... Yeah, see? If you've seen one, you've seen them all. That that phrase, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. That goes with the whole entire AEW. Only because... Um, oh, hold on. Excuse me. I thought I was going to sneeze. Um... That goes with the whole entire AEW premise because I've watched every single, not every single one of these guys, but like a majority of these guys, the ones that are always on rotation, the ones that we are always talking about. I've seen them so much that I'm like, you guys need to do something new. Like, I don't know what else you can do. Stop going back into being nostalgic. Uh, because for some reason, whenever AEW does nostalgia stuff, it's okay. But if WWE does it, it's not okay. What is that? That is some bullshit. We can't have this whole double standard thing of like, whatever WWE does, it's bad. Whatever AEW does is good. Like, there has to be some type of common ground. So, I've watched all of Danielson's career, Okay. So from Ring of Honor to like the other indies to WWE and now in AEW because he never really touched Impact Wrestling. Um, and then uh, who else was I thinking? Uh, the Young Bucks. Um, I've seen them. I watched them as Generation Me when they were in Ring of Honor. Got to see them live. They're cool. Got to see them in uh, Impact Wrestling whenever, you know, it was on TV and stuff. 
And, you know, seeing them, you know, at the big event and talking to them, they're like really cool people. And then having AEW. But I think what I don't like about the, the Young Bucks is that, well, that's a whole list I don't like right now. But the, but the main thing, but the main thing is that I just think that they should have taken a year, year and a half off. Well, not off, but like before they were like, yeah, we're going to be part of the team. We're going to be part of uh, the tag team division. We're going to, you know, um, go for the tag team belts, even though they really didn't do it in the first uh, go around. But instead of continuing to wrestle for that year and a half, they should have remained. I mean, they're still EVPs. They should have uh, been heavily involved in the backstage um stuff of AEW to make sure that everything was in place. So proper teams, hiring proper teams that uh, can help with the load of running a wrestling show, running, you know, um, a wrestling company, basically, um, you know, making sure that the foundation is there, that they have their guys um, and there's not really on rotation, uh, have the foundation and the ideas of like, what is dark, what is dark evolution and what's going to be rampage. Um, you know, make sure that there's legs and everything works and everything is logical. And, you know, you set the ground for that. So that way, when you go at a hundred percent, it doesn't start falling apart. And then you have to somehow scramble back to be like, oh, we should have had like these coaching uh, teachers in place. We should have had this uh, production team in place. We should have had this. We should have had that. And you're scrambling back to be like, oh, we need you. You're hired. Here you go. You're going to go into doing, um, you know, um, on this team, on that team. Um, if the Young Bucks would have. Um, like all the EVPs, if they would have started the AEW career, maybe like a year and a half after the fact, then, you know, AEW wouldn't be struggling for a million viewers every single week. AEW wouldn't be struggling with their consistency. They wouldn't be struggling with their logic. They wouldn't be struggling with their women. We have 20 plus years of a blueprint of what not to do with a woman's division, or what not to do in women's wrestling, of what not to do. We have 20 plus years of a blueprint of what not to do about women's wrestling. And we're still having the conversation with AEW on Twitter about we you need to make your women better. When Triple H took over, the first thing he did was made the women the spotlight, and I loved it. Because it feels like the women in WWE are now unified, are now stronger, and they're more um, accented and they're more at the forefront. The men wrestlers are there. The men wrestlers are always going to bring in more of the viewers, more of the money, because people go to see the men more. Um, people do go see women's wrestling. It's just a little like, uh, depending on how you present them, uh offsets the balance between the men but the way that wwe pushes the women that's that's what i want to see i want to see more of these women i want to hear more of their stories i want to hear more of their uh you know strengths weaknesses uh their goals their motivations of like why they're fighting the other women or why they're having this match why they're having this angle and it's not like 
20 plus years ago where it's like oh i didn't like her hair so let's go have a, a match oh i didn't like that she looked at this guy this way or like i didn't like we're wearing the same bikini or dress or some stupid shit that wwe used to do in the past because at one point wwe really thought that women were just should just be there as like an accessory but now um you know with triple h involved the women don't feel like an accessory in aew the women feel like an accessory and it's like that's not how it should be you have this blueprint you should go study it and if you you know don't want to study it i could study it for you i already know like what we like should not do we shouldn't have the women second to the main event no have the women open up aew have the women close aew or have the women on after the opening segment do not put them in that time slot that's like 9 30 because then what they're gonna have like five minutes maybe less to get their stuff in and then you know you're like oh we're trying we just hired new coaches we're trying guys we're trying no you know what you do every single time that's the thing that needs to stop like we were so vocal on twitter about um you know the placement of the women and they were listening for a while and then once they gave it to us everybody just stopped and it's like i wonder if people actually listen and if people actually pull over Tony Khan and be like, look, you got to slow down. You got to stop moving 100 miles a minute. And you got to really, like, plan all this out. You need, a, you need a team to bounce off of ideas, to do little bullet points. No one is asking you to write out full-blown scripts to have them memorize it. Every time that I want to put on Twitter that, like, hey, I have a writing degree. I legit have a, light, a writing degree, and I have a publishing certificate. My whole goal in this life, other than to get hired by another wrestling company, is to, is to one day publish my own novel, which I've been saying that for years. But nonetheless, I know how to write, obviously. But what I mean is that my tactics for making sure that the wrestlers get over is a lot different from back in the day when WWE had their writers and even current day WWE writers, nothing against them, nothing against how they do things. But, you know, I have a different view. I have a different tactic. Not everyone is comfortable with reading from a script. Cool. Not ev uh, while there are people comfortable reading from a script. But I will approach every single wrestler a little bit different to the point where it's like, hey, um, you know, this is what I have for you. This is like what I envision the character uh, should be or could be. Uh, can you like take a look at it and can you uh, give me some feedback if you want to change some stuff? Cool. Um, if, you, if you don't, awesome. You know, like you work with the wrestler. You work with them because they're a human being first. It, it is their story, even though they're playing a character, they should be playing a character and they're not, and not necessarily themselves. Um, but that's like a whole nother topic for a whole nother discussion. Um, but you get it. Like there's different ways that I would handle how to, um, approach a wrestler to be like, Hey, you know, this is what we think that your character should do. This, these are the interactions. What do you think? 
Um, but yeah, someone should like pull Tony aside and be like, look, man, um, you got to get over this starstruck thing. If you really want to be part of this so-called competition that, you know, you guys really want to be part of, or you just, or it might just be a Tony Khan thing where he just wants to be a part of it. Um, but someone really needs to pull him aside and be like, look, you got to change up your stuff. You got to change this. You got to change that and everything like that. Um, but yeah, um, to be honest, I found AEW to be boring yesterday just because Kenny came back. That's cool. Um, CM Punk had that little heated argument with, uh, Moxie and then Moxie kissing him. Let me not get into that. Um, just because. By the way, I am going to say this, though, that for my wrestler of the year goes to Will Ospreay. Ospreay gets my nomination for wrestler of the year. And with that, we are going to watch some wrestling. 